problem that I have is we're still suggesting by default, and in some cases not by default, very overtly, that that embryo has all of the rights and privileges of that 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 of a full-grown adult sure. to the point yes. that it can usurp the rights of the mother. Right. And that's what I've never understood, has never made sense to me. Welcome in, kids. Another fantastic week. Your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Person. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like the enunciation. Uh, it's uh, brought to you by our good friends at Wind Creek Entertainment. We're going to tell you about them real quickly here before we get into into the body of the show because uh, they are they're still doing great things. Uh, yeah, if you're uh, looking for a place to go spring break, or maybe if you're heading down to the beach, let me give you let me give you a little travel advice. If you're headed down to the beach, right? Don't go the whole way, especially if you're traveling from North Alabama. You know, don't don't try to do the whole six, seven hours down. Split it up a little bit. Maybe stop in Montgomery or Wetumpka. It's good. Visit idea. one of those. Visit one of the, the establishments there. If you're coming from a little further south and you'd like to drive on a little further south, Atmore. And you know, think about this. You leave the day before, right? You, you're gonna you're gonna go. You got the you got the condo book starting on Saturday. So you leave, book a book a room in in Atmore on Friday night, right? It's right off the interstate. It's only an hour and a half or whatever it is from there to the beach. So you go, you have a great time, you eat good food, you know, you and the wife and, and hell, maybe even the kids. I don't know how you live your life. Maybe even the kids can go to the spa, you know, maybe they can go too. You know, get everybody one, but everybody's going to eat good. They're going to have a good time at the uh, at playing the games out there. You and the wife playing the games. Kids, you know, there's things for them to do. They got the bowling alley, they got the movie theater, they got things around there for you to hang out with. You wake up in the morning, you're only an hour and a half from the beach. Boom, you have a nice breakfast and you're there. I mean, tell me, would y'all like for me to start planning trips for you? Um, because I could for the right amount of money. Um, but the the folks at Wind Creek Entertainment is it is a top notch establishment. Uh, they have four diamond star ratings on on their hospitality, and that's earned. Uh, they are the state's largest hospitality employer for a reason. Uh, they are the one of the top five employers in the state for a reason. Go check them out. Uh, they sponsor this fine podcast. Let them know you appreciate that when you go in there, because uh, we certainly do. All righty. Uh, yeah. and, and, and if you want to book this, uh, look, look them up, Wind Creek Entertainment Online. Just Google up Wind Creek Entertainment Online, and you can find links to all three of their establishments in the state. Uh, and they will give you some links to some of their uh, places around the uh, around the country and some into some island destinations as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, listen, yeah. just, just do what you got to do because you're going to enjoy yourself. I love the idea of breaking up trips, man. So yeah. that's that's perfect for somebody mm -hmm. like me. Yeah, we do that. We do that when yeah. we go to the you know we go to the beach in uh, in in July. We spend uh, we spend the month of July at the at condo down in the uh, in just south of Daytona at probably a little place called Ponce Inlet. And uh, so we, but my wife and I, we both work from home, so we just 
work from the condo for that month. Yeah. And uh, my uh, my little one can hang out with the grandparents and her cousins and uh, and, you know, and, and run around. And it's all a nice little family time at the at the beach and something that we really enjoy. And and I think, you know, we'll look back on it in a few years and appreciate it. But anyways, on the way down there, it's about a 10 hour trip. Uh, and mm-hmm. on the way down, we usually stop somewhere uh, Valdosta ish. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and stay. Uh, and uh, it's always, you know, it's always a nice little fun thing for, especially for the little ones. She thinks it's great to stay in the, in the hotels and, you know, it's like a little adventure. And so, yeah, it's, um, so yeah, I highly recommend that. Go, go to Wing Creek and, and check it out. Um, otherwise, <laughs> uh, yeah, and listen, I, and when I say take the kids, I'm, I'm including the frozen ones. Okay. Um, because, <laughs> You know, at this point, the I don't know how you live. Yeah, you may. At this, I don't know how we're doing it in the state now. You may have to carry them with you. I don't know. Maybe you need your own <laughs> little cryogenic container uh, that you that you carry. At, uh, maybe those Stanley cups will serve as a freezer. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we. I don't know. This sounds like a prosecution waiting to happen, Josh. If, yeah, right. Like, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Danger. We're putting yeah. the kids in danger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how long we had gone without being the the butt of the national joke. Uh, it wasn't more than a few months, but we're back. We're mm-hmm. back in a in a strong way mm-hmm. after our uh, Supreme Court in a uh, in a biblical sermon. Uh, Lord have mercy. Issued yeah. an opinion in which they dis- determined that uh, in this state, mm. embryos are children, uh, including the ones that are frozen in labs. Uh, and I mean, um, Parker's part, the, the, the snippets that I saw, I, did, I didn't even try to read the, his whole uh, 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 statement on it or mm-hmm, his whole, mm-hmm. what do they call them? Not statements, but uh, opinions, opinion. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even try to read the whole opinion, but just the snippets that I read, it's like, really? Yeah. Really? Is that where we want to go with this? Really? Mm-hmm. And, and now you know, we're in the land of unintended consequences. Mm, right. He's got all Republicans everywhere backtracked, mm, which is yeah. hilarious to me mm-hmm. how quickly they flipped on Parker. That's yeah. just, it's just funny to me. Ah, really. well, it's, listen, you know, we, we, we support life. We support life, Haven. <laughs> we support it. Unless, unless that life turns out to be poor, then <laughs> fuck them. Right, 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 uh, right. you know, because we've we've also turned down money for for school lunches and school breakfasts, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, God only knows what's happening in the prison these days, and uh, you know, right. yeah. So you know, listen, if those if those people happen to be poor or you know, ad- can't addicts afford, or can't, yeah. can't afford uh, attorneys to defend them uh, sufficiently to keep them yeah. off of death row. Yes. You know, or get or or be like Brian Stevenson defend them. You know, yeah. Essentially, all of Alabama prison now is death row. I mean, it's, it's basically. I mean, really, it's you know, it's yeah. essentially a death sentence. If you manage to get out and narrowly avoid death, you you're. I I, I, I some people are wondering how you did it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's this thing from Parker. It's mm. egregious on on a number of different fronts, but but mostly because, um. It is, it is a complete and utter anti-American opinion. All right, mm-hmm. and and you can you there's there's a lot of different ways to to look at it, but to me that's the most basic and simplest way is this is not something that 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 should happen in America. 
All right, that you should not have a Supreme Court opinion right. filled with biblical scripture, um, right. uh, quoting theological texts. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, it just the way that they arrive at this, and and the way that they do it, it it reeks of of this uh, of the problems. I'll say this: it reeks of the problems that we have with electing judges. All right. Mm-hmm. Number one, mm-hmm. uh, because we're playing to a certain crowd in a very, in a, you know, in a very gerrymandered and uh, apathetic state when it comes to voting. And so you're playing to a small crowd of a few and that small crowd of a few uh, apparently likes this and 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 they are not smart enough to see the ultimate harm. Uh, they're not smart enough to understand, even as we have a war uh, that we're you know that we're monitoring closely in in Israel uh, right now uh, taking place. We're not mm-hmm. uh, apparently smart enough to understand how our religious freedom has kept us from things like that. Right. Um, you know, and and this this opinion to me it it's just it, it's a highlight of so many problems that we have of people who do not give a shit about anything but themselves and their own personal beliefs. And don't care anything about the country. I mean, really, it's a it's a feature. It's not a, it's not a bug. This is a feature of of today's Republican Party, which is we only care about ourselves and we don't give a damn what you think. Well, I, I think I think there is a lot of that in there, without question. But I also think there's a certain. I um, mean, this this comes, you know, I you know, as you know, I'm a church going person and, mm-hmm. and being around church going people all of my life. One thing I've noticed is that there is this propensity toward uh, feeling, uh, you know, this sort of uh, almost exclusive kind of piety. Like, you know, we're the only ones that know what's right and everybody right. else is going to hell. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in all, in all transparency, that's what I grew up with. You know, right. I grew up in an era where in my denomination, but not, but not just my denomination, others, that's the way people primarily thought. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way we were taught, you know, from the pulpit. And so I think there, while some of us have evolved and we <laughs> understand that there's more than one way to look at things biblically and theologically and, <clears throat> and all of that, there are still some people who are stuck in that old mindset where yeah. they think that their way is the only way and that anybody that doesn't agree with them or doesn't interpret the Bible the way they do and apply it the way they do is going to hell or is a sinner or is doing something wrong. And that's just, that doesn't make any sense. The more you yeah. live and the more you even, even the more you study, the more you realize, you know, the, the study the Bible and, 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 and juxtapose the Bible with real life, the more you realize that that doesn't make any sense. That's yeah, crazy. No. And it I think always... that's what we're seeing, Josh. That's what we're seeing with Tom Parker and that crowd at the, the Alabama Supreme Court. It's another example of, you know, you've got to see it this way. Otherwise, you're just wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, when, when you say that, it, it always brings me back to the old uh, George Carlin bit about, you know, the, the this, this God that's going to send you to, to he- you know, if you don't, if you don't do exactly what we say, yeah. uh, we're, I'm going to send you to hell where you'll burn in fire for all of eternity. Right. But he loves you and he needs your money. <laughs> <laughs> he always needs your money. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it just, um, <laughs> 
Uh, you know, uh, honestly, I wrote, yeah. I, I, as I was going back well, after I read through Parker's opinion, and I mean, listen, uh, I think that I have probably read way more court opinions than the average person. I, I don't, hmm. I'm like, I, you know, I, so I'll, all right, my, my, I guess my, my vice uh, cause I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't, you know, do a lot of things. I don't, I don't even really gamble, even though I'm a very pro gambling guy. I don't even really do a lot of gambling. I, I mean, I, you know, I will every now and then on some games and stuff, but it's nothing, you know, that's uh, like a, like a real vice, but mine is, is legal stuff. You know, I've always loved, uh, attorneys and law and, and, and you know, I read, I, I bet there's probably not a law book out there or a law novel, a novel based on something to do with, you know, a legal thriller or whatever that I have not read. Uh, so, you know, I, and I also love opinions and arguments mm -hmm. and listening to the Supreme court and, and uh, some of the great podcasts there are out there about these, uh, the different Supreme courts and, and, and different courts around. And so I read a ton of, of legal opinions. Mm -hmm. This is one of the dumbest I've ever read in my life. And it's mm -hmm. not just Tom Parker's, okay? It's not it's it's all it's all of them. It's mm -hmm. all of them trying to trying to write around something that they know is wrong. Uh mm -hmm. I mean even um I'm trying to remember the 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 guy's name on there, um uh Will something. Uh, uh that 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 wrote, I mean, I this at this point I I've I've just stopped even caring about the Supreme Court justices because they're just they're just politicians in robes, is all they mm -hmm. are. Um, and, and, but Will Sellers, I'm sorry, Will, Will Sellers opinion in which he concurred in one part and dissented in another. And, and, and to read it, it's like, it, it's like a child. It's like reading something from a child in which the child clearly knows they're wrong about this, but they're trying to explain why they're right. You know, and it just, they know that what they're saying here is ludicrous. They know that what they're saying is wrong. They know that the only way that they could possibly get there is through some uh, religious belief. All right, you can't get there any other way. You can't get to this without a religious belief in this so, and, and inserting it. So let me ask you a question though. When you mm -hmm. say they're wrong, let's mm -hmm. let's be specific for the audience. What are you saying they're wrong that they know that they're wrong about? They're wrong in, in the way that they are justifying proclaiming that an embryo is a child. And the only way to do that is to invoke the Christian gods. Uh, and it's not even it's not even biblical scripture in a lot of it. A lot, most of it is the interpretation of biblical yeah, scripture. That's what that they I would use. say, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so, I mean, you know, they, they go to vague things about, you know, I breathe life into you. And, and you know, even before you were born and, you you know, from the moment of, you know, whatever. Um, and, and it just, it, but they know, they know that what they're doing with this is, is wrong. They know it. And and still they do it. And even if they want to to dissent, even in Greg Cook's dissent, he's the only one who dissented. He's the only one with the balls to say, "What? What are y'all doing? You know, what are we doing here?" Even in that dissent, he refused to come out and call them out on the religious hypocrisy of this. All right, he he wrote all around it, but he wouldn't come out and do it. And it's because uh, they're elected, and they know who they're elected by. And they know that what what it would look like. I guarantee you, Greg could well, get shit for this. I guarantee you, he'll get a challenge from somebody from the very far right because he had the nerve to dissent about an embryo, a frozen embryo, being a child of right, all things. Right. And so well, that you know, I'm well, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think that 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 you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on on just this one little sliver. 
mm-hmm. of what you're saying. And that is, I think Tom Parker, and I can say, I, I keep referencing him because he's got a clear track record mm-hmm. that we can follow. I think he actually believes what he's saying. I think he's probably an actual believer of this idea that an embryo and of the logic, I think it's faulty logic. I think it's bad theology mm-hmm. and biblical uh, interpretation. But the reality is, I think he probably really believes it. I don't know. Oh, I don't he... doubt that. But I think yeah. that Tom Parker knows that what that by by doing what he did is it doesn't it doesn't stand up to the constitutional test of this. I oh, think but I don't think he that. cares about that. I don't I think don't he either. cares about the constitutional either. test. Yeah. I think his whole, from what I have observed of him over the past ten to twenty years. His whole objective is to try to create um, a theological, uh, you know, a theological government or or what Mm -hmm. we would call a a theocracy. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's his whole objective. I think that's where he is. He's he's right out of the Roy Moore camp. Roy Moore camp. I mean, that was his I think Roy Moore was his um, mentor or they have some kind of a of of a, a relationship. Uh, where Parker was always backing him and supporting him. And that's straight out of that whole, you know, theocratic kind of government um, camp of the Republican Party. Uh, So I think he actually believes it. And I don't think he cares about what's constitutional. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I'm saying that they, they know, but they know when they wrote these opinions that they Mm -hmm. are, that they're, they're wrong in terms of the law and the constitution of the United States. They're wrong. And, um, you know, and I, I, as I was going back and and kind of researching this, and uh, you know, having read through the the opinions and and some of the other stuff uh, about what you know what they were doing here, um, I found a an old column that I wrote actually about Tom Parker um, and about mm-hmm. um, the the Supreme Court, and I said then um, we we got to stop electing these guys. We got to st- we we got to stop we got we got to make them appointed by the by the Senate or, or you know let, let the governor appoint them whoever whoever wants whatever we want to set up let the governor appoint and the Senate approve our, our Supreme Court justices and I and and the the reason that I said that and I said listen I know that we're we're talking about a bunch of even right now a bunch of Republicans you know selecting these people okay I I get that but mm-hmm. look at the last several Supreme Court justices. Okay, yes, we have a we we certainly have a, a right wing slant. We all know that. We all know right. that what they've done, right? right? But when you go through their confirmations of these things, the confirmations are not political ads with you know kids praying or you know what you know, them standing on church steps or waving a Bible around or a choir singing behind them, as is currently the case with our justices. Mm-hmm. Um, instead. The confirmation process involves deep dives into their backgrounds. It involves, you know, I mean, even Brett Kavanaugh, who's snuck on the court there, he's he barely survived, uh, you know, a deep dive into his background and 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 Democrats going going all out for him and had to lie essentially to be able yeah. to get on the court. Otherwise, he never would have made it on there. Had he had he said then what he intended to do with Roe v. Wade, he would never have made it on the court. Same for mm-hmm. Gorsuch, um, and, and so. I, to me, that's a much better way to do this than electing these people. 
because you're not subjected to the whims of of an electorate where we know well, we, we've seen evidence of judges handing down harsher penalties in election years uh, of, of being more uh, likely to overturn uh, a, a life in prison sentence and impose death you know back when that was still legal in election years uh, and it's the same for the for the Alabama Supreme Court now you know they're they're looking this right here. All, all of these guys, only Greg Cook had the balls to say, no, this is not right. We can't do this. You know, this is no court in the world has done this. And, yeah. and the reasons, even if you read their stuff, uh, they know, they know that it's not right. They know that it's not right. And what they're well, doing is wrong, but they still can't bring themselves to put it on paper because they're going to be beholden to these people that vote for them. Well, I think, you know, the, the whole idea of whether or not they should be elected or appointed yeah, this is this is maybe another example of where being appointed might perhaps spare us of some of this. But in Alabama, I just got to be honest with you, Josh, I don't know that the outcome would be a whole lot different in terms of how the court is composed, mm. uh, because, you know, you got to you, you got to. Oh, I don't think it would be governor, any different. You got a conservative yeah. governor who is going to appoint those kind of people. I well, mean, no, or, they're, or right, I'll up. tell you this. Tom Parker would never be on that court right now. Never under under a, under a governor uh, Ivy, under, think under so? Kay Ivey and these. No, there's no chance. There's no chance that Tom Parker would be on that court. There's no chance a couple of the other guys would ever be on that court. All right. Why do you um, think that? I, I just I, I've had the conversations with these people. I think they would choose a conservative. Mm -hmm. uh, they would choose a good conservative, quote unquote, mm -hmm. you know, to be to serve on the court. But they would pitch that person based on their uh, their sensibilities. Okay, and based on their record of of you know uh, uh, as a judge, what they've done, how they've been, and I think that what you would get to, yeah, it, let's look at the federal system for example. All right, okay. so in the federal right. system, you know, like uh, we have a number of judges around this, a number of federal judges around the state. Most of them are recommended by uh, the local. Uh, politicians, right? Mm -hmm. By you know, the senators, the, the Congress people, they mm -hmm. they are the ones that get behind these folks, and, and especially for the confirmation process, the senators uh, from this state recommend them. Right. Uh, so that they're, they're going to recommend, you know, conservative judge, judges mm -hmm. for the most part, right? You know, the yeah. fact that Myron Thompson and some of these other folks have slid on to this in certain districts, you know, is is remarkable, but. It also speaks to the fact that this is a process that people understand we've got to go through and we've got to we've got to make it fair and we've got to choose good judges out, mm -hmm. out of this. And even some of the ones that have been appointed to federal judgeships over the course of like that, Huffaker, I believe, um, is a guy that was deciding what some of the trans rights cases. Um, he made he was, you know, the, everybody thought he was terrible. Everybody thought, oh, my God, this is this Trump appointee is going to be awful. Well, you get all of a sudden. You get there with a lifetime appointment and and nobody is going to be pulling you out of there. And all of a sudden you start caring a whole hell of a lot more about the law and being respectable and being a respected judge and following the law and precedent and things like that. And yes, there are anomalies. There are Roe v. Wade, you know, Dobbs decision, those sorts of anomalies that come about uh, over, over certain things. But for the most part, on the day-to-day -day decisions, these people... Pretty much follow the law. You don't see shit like what we had at the Alabama Supreme Court coming out of federal courthouses. You know, for the most part, those judges care about their respect level among other judges. And well, I, I, will listen, say, I know that the Federalist Society plays uh, a role and they, they've been yeah, able to bastardize it a yeah, little bit. They do. But I, I think that it's a much better system to me 
well, what we're doing now. It's a better system. I don't dispute that at all. I just question whether or not the the outcome is going to be dramatically different when you consider who they're going to be appointed by and, and the people and the mindset of those people. But, but I will say, I will say though, that when you look at the federal courts, one person who jumps out at me, mm-hmm. who I think does make your argument is Bill Pryor. Sure. I do think he's a great example. Bill Pryor was a conservative Republican attorney general here in this state. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I assumed that when he got on the federal bench, he was going to be, you know, pretty right wing. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say that Bill Pryor has been, at least from what I can tell, and I haven't followed it closely, but I followed it kind of casually because mm-hmm. uh, I found him to be an, an intriguing conservative when he was here uh, 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 as attorney general. Uh, I got to say, Bill Pryor has been a pretty level-headed, for the most part, as I recall, a pretty level-headed, reasonable conservative. He hasn't been really extreme, to my recollection. And uh, and I've actually been surprised by some of his rulings. So, yeah. I mean, I see what you're well, saying in that regard. I mean, it's possible that maybe maybe there wouldn't we wouldn't have at least a court full of just right-wingers. And well, I think we would have right wingers now, but we wouldn't have Tom Parker's. Okay, well, that's what I'm and that's saying. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Bible yeah, focus I, like Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I mean, I think that that's what we would kind of be looking at is a court full of Bill Pryors, um, mm. you know, right now, and, and and people that that get there, and and they're not they're not interested in a campaign ad. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that to me is what this was. This was a campaign ad opinion. You know, this was something that we we can't we can't either either you're you're making a campaign ad out of it, like I'm sure Tom Parker will, or or you're avoiding one being made against you like the rest of them. Uh, yeah, and, you know. and I'm not suggesting that Parker is devoid of any political ambitions, but what I'm saying is his track record makes it really clear he's a true believer. Sure. And so yeah. I think political ambition or not this is where he would come down on this issue because he would like to, I think, again, institute a theocratic kind of approach to the law and government that would uh, make it impossible for for women to uh, have the right to choose. And that's yeah. what this is sort of linked to, you know? Yeah. I, 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 listen, I, I, I don't disagree with you at all on that. Yes, this is his personal opinions. I, I but you know, um, and I think that this is uh, he he's ruling based upon his personal beliefs, and he's not bright enough to understand the consequences of that uh, mm-hmm. if that were to be the standard practice of everyone. Um, and so, um, yes, I think that that is a, a big flaw in the uh, in the system, uh, uh, so to speak. But it still, I just, I just. But you know, I like I said, I, I just think that there there's too much pandering at and at that level, we can't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And you know, because look, right now we all know people who've gone through IVF treatments and 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 how expensive they are and what they're trying to, you know, what they're trying to accomplish. And um, you know, the idea that those things in a in a lab are somehow or another human beings. I mean, just stop it. What do I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, what what in the world are we are we talking about here? And and even as they made it, you could tell 
that they didn't even consider the ramifications of this, that they didn't even well, consider the massive amounts well, of money that would have to be spent. Well, yeah, and I think it's because they've been stuck for the past few decades on this idea of life begins at conception, even yeah. though theologians just debate it and dispute it, and they've tried to use the Bible as a as their uh, justification for this. And so I think it's easy when you're stuck in that mindset for several decades, I think it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion to just stay on that train and come to the conclusion that they came to about embryos. The thing that they that they did not consider is that there are larger implications uh, because we're talking about uh, something that is outside of the womb. But I would argue now that if they're going to backtrack on this whole idea of the embryo being a person, uh, it's going to it's going to eventually create some problems for their their uh, fund their foundational argument, which is that mm -hmm. that life uh, anything between an embryo and uh, and the uh, and the spermatozoa and the egg, you know, is life. I think it's mm -hmm. going to that's going to create some problems for them in the future. Well, yeah, it's it's my understanding that's not what they're they're going to do though. They're 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 just going to carve out an exception for IVF clinics. Um, and I don't no, know how you do that. I'm talking about how they justify, Josh. Yeah, no, about yeah, how they justify the logic. Yeah. The logic is going to begin to crumble, I think, over time. If you work your way back, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong, but that's what I'm saying. No, no, I, no, you're you're a thousand percent right. I mean, it's it's just I, I think that we're dealing with illogical people uh, mm. for the most part, and 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 I think I, I, let let's be honest, okay? The people who honestly believe that an embryo, that an embryo, especially a frozen, is an actual life, the same way that a a near term baby fetus is is alive mm -hmm. it's a minuscule number of people that actually believe that i mean it's it's a it's a tiny fraction of the right that believe that all right that actually believe it. uh they that what they want they've carved out in their minds what they when they think of these things when they think of abortion and they think of this stuff they think of you know the these folks are going in and killing outright babies in the womb you know, they don't think of this little this little embryo that's basically you know it, that can fit in a test tube and is in 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 a freezer somewhere. That's not right. what they're thinking about. That's not what they're that's not what their argument is. That's if you look at every argument that they all have uh, and all the pamphlets and all the things that they hand out. And listen, I've been at the state house when these folks show up up there uh, and hand out the little miniature figurines of fetuses. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it's uh, it, it is like the weirdest thing that you've ever encountered. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, and I understand their passion for it. I do, but no, nobody's basing anything on, on real science. Nobody's basing this stuff on, on real facts and figures. It's all, you know, we talked about before, it's all uh, just A or B, true or false, uh, you know, bumper sticker arguments. It's all it is. Right. I mean, we could solve this thing in, in a matter of minutes if if people actually wanted to solve it. We could sit down with doctors and scientists and right. say, okay, right. why don't you tell us, here, here are the qualifications that we think we should have for when life actually begins inside of, right. a, of a womb. And we could do this. We could have this argument. Well, we could settle this thing, I think. The, but the other you know. part of the... Uh, uh, the other part of this, and I know we, we're about to close this segment, so I'll say this quickly. The other part of the problem with this argument and this thinking to me is 
even if you could make the case mm -hmm. that this embryo was a person, um, the problem that I have is we're still suggesting by default, and in some cases not by default, very overtly, that that embryo has all of the rights and privileges of that 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 of a full grown adult sure. to the point yes. that it can usurp the rights of the mother. Right. And that's what I've never understood has never made sense to me because we don't do that with little children. Nope. We we don't say, you know, when my son was a was a little one, we didn't say, well, you know, this kid has the has the right and the legal authority to uh to trump anything that his parents have to say. In fact, yeah. we say the opposite. Exactly. We say the opposite. Yeah, yeah the only the, the only time they get more rights is on sinking ships and in fires. All right. They get to leave first. That's the only thing that's yeah. the only time they get more yeah. rights, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the the whole thing is just a, a crazy conglomeration of of false premises and thoughts to me. Yeah. Well, I I don't disagree with you, and and you're right. It, it, that that's the way we we've treated this thing. It's so it's it's the same as the gun debate. It's so idiotic that we're that we continue to have we we continue to allow the dumbest people among us to to dictate the debate. All right, that's what we've done. We've done it on on so many different fronts, and and this the abortion stuff is one of them. And here's the result. This is what happens when you let dumb people run the argument. All right, mm. that you come up with dumb results. And uh, it's a I dumb just, result. it is a dumb result. I mean, right now there, there are people who have spent tens of thousands of dollars and they're, they're, they're lost right now, you know? Um, and I don't know, you know, that reading all the stuff, I don't know how, how they get it back. And, you know, I, I've read the stuff that Chris England has written about this. He's very smart. Um, uh, you know, I've read the stuff that, that Tim Melson has written about this, uh, you know, and said, and the bill that he has, I, I think Tim's a smart guy. Um, and uh, as again, one of those, one of those people, I think, you know, you would, you would kind of wind up with on, on, on a Supreme court. No, I mean, obviously not him, he's a doctor, but, uh, but you know, somebody like him, a level-headed person. Um, and I, I just don't, I don't know that those bills, even Anthony Daniels bill that, you know, that, that he's got, I don't know that it covers everything. I don't know that it, hmm. it covers it to the point that UAB and some of these other people will start back. Um, wow. That's you know? scary. Uh, that's yeah. really scary. I think they're going to have to go back. I think that honestly, I think the Alabama Supreme Court is going to have to go back and fix what it's done here. And uh, you know, I don't well, know how do they and, and how does that happen? I guess well, that, somebody's going to have to ask suit. them to reconsider. You know, somebody's going to have oh. to ask them to reconsider the ruling, and and they'll have to go back in and. and Wait a minute, I, help help me out here real quick. And I know we're over time, but you're saying there's no, you're a fine. mechanism in Alabama law where they can re reconsider a ruling without a case coming before them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so the so the one of the parties in the case can just simply ask them to reconsider the ruling. Um, and mm. and and I mean it's a, it's a formal step within there, uh, and they could they could go in and, and ask them to do that. And you know, most of the time it's a formal step that's taken, uh, but almost always it's either ignored or you know just shot down immediately uh, by mm. them. And and you know and, and that, you know you'd have to go in and say, hey, on on these grounds, would you reconsider the ruling here? You know, I, we believe you have erred in this particular facet of this. So would you're you saying anybody this? could do that, or oh no, you said one of the parties. No, one of the parties. Yeah, one, one of the, of the parties. parties yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, I think you know the the 
fertility clinic could come back in and say, listen, we, we believe that you have erred or your ruling has gone too far in this particular manner. Could mm -hmm. you scale it back or more narrowly define what you're talking about here? And I, I think that they could probably do that and, and get it back. So mm -hmm. um, All right. I don't know. Uh, well, but, let's see know, if that happens. Would they do that? Who knows? Uh, I would say well, probably with, not. With, with everybody from the governor on down basically telling them how wrong they are, <laughs> maybe right. it'll happen. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, you know Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers are are at the at the state house today fighting for fighting against them. So maybe that maybe that'll get it done. I don't know. My goodness, Bruce Pearl. I wish he'd go somewhere. <laughs> I do. I like the wins, but I wish he would just shut up. <laughs> yeah, I just you know I, I'm not going to go as far as uh, Laura Ingram or whatever her name is and say shut up and uh, shut up and uh, coach basketball, yeah. but I will say I think. Uh, you know, I just, it, it irritates me that somebody in his position mm -hmm. has, has been, has taken the, 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 the Trumpian, decided to be Trumpian. I just, yeah. that just bugs the hell out of me. Uh, it, it bugs me. And, and listen, you know what? I, I don't wish Bruce Pearl would, would be quiet. You know, what I, what I wish is, is I wish Bruce Pearl would study the issues a little bit more. Uh, you know, I understand his, his, his position on things having to do with Israel uh, and the Jewish people, um, I, I, I get it, and and I respect what he says. Uh, that said, some of the other things that he has taken up, uh, you know, he challenged Bernie Sanders recently to to a debate on different things, and uh, you know, Bernie would smother him. And even people who are big fans of Bruce Pearl and his positions on stuff said, "Dude, you you can't challenge Bernie Sanders um, because yeah, he's Bernie just so Trumpy." That's stuff. what bothers yeah. me. I don't it, care if he's he, a conservative; he's just so he Trumpy. Takes he takes a very simplistic view of the world. He takes it's obvious he has been infected with Fox News brain rot, yeah. and 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 it just um, you know I wish I, I I feel like if he changed the channel for a little while and listened to something else and listened to some opposing viewpoints on things that that it would it would have an effect on him because I don't think he's a dumb guy I don't I just think that he has. Uh, he 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 leads with emotion in a lot of ways and and I think that 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 really reflects in his political view sometimes to the negative. And so, or, you know, negative in my opinion. All right, mm -hmm. let's, um, let's slide out. We'll come back uh, in, in just a minute with uh, Jerick uh, uh, Lewis. He is the nephew of John Lewis uh, and director of John Lewis foundation. And uh, we're going to talk about the wreath laying ceremony and the events in Selma and what the foundation does and, and how, uh, how life was for him and following in the, in the footsteps of kind of a legend in the family. So we'll be back in a minute. It's Alabama politics this week brought to you by wing Creek entertainment. Welcome back, Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person, and uh, we are happy now uh, to be joined by Jarek Lewis. Um, now, I, uh, I, I knew, I, I, could, I, could, I shouldn't say knew, although I did meet several times, uh, Jarek's uncle, John Lewis, uh, which if, if that name sounds familiar, you're, you're exactly right. That's who we're talking about, uh, the great John Lewis. And, uh, you know, so I, I got to meet him a few times. And, uh, and, and Jarek is, is his nephew. 
and also the director of the John Lewis Legacy Center. Um, and Jack, I, I got to say, when when we, we were first talked to uh, about this with with Southern Poverty Law Center and getting you on and everything, the thing that struck me was, I, I just thought, man, that that must be some some humongous shoes uh, to try and, and feel or try and a, and a huge legacy to try and carry on uh, in, in that. So I guess, man, what what is life kind of like for you in that role? And is it something that you that you embrace? Is it something that that, that weighs heavy on, on you? How, how do you how do you handle it? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, well, first and foremost, thank you guys for for having me on today. Absolutely, um, I absolutely. consider it truly an honor um, to be here with, with you guys. You often hear me say time and effort is something that I don't take for granted. I say that a lot. So for you guys to give me your time and effort, man, I, I greatly appreciate it. But um, but to answer your question, it it really doesn't come with a lot of pressure. At, at first, I, I thought it would. Um, but in after his passing, you know, in 2020, I kind of realized like he left us this platform. So why not do something with it? Why not make a difference just as he did? Um, of course, I cannot feel his shoes, would, would never ever try to. But it it is it is challenging at, at times. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about it is all of those challenges feels good because ultimately we're trying to make a difference. Right. That's that's the feel good part about it. Um, we're we're very authentic, man. We're very pure in our, our approach. We're we're grassroots. We're foot soldiers, just as as he was in, in his time. So we're 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 young. We're passionate, but we're more importantly, we're hungry to make a difference. And that's something that my uncle was very successful in right. was was making a difference in not just the youth but but in everyone's life so you know like i say it, it comes with pressure but it's it's good pressure i i like it um i, I love i love a challenge but at, ultimately like i said we just want to make a difference in in someone's lives and, and impact others yeah you know like i said i met him a few times it was always such a uh and we interviewed him twice uh for for an extended period and man it, you, you always walked away feeling better uh, about about life, about, you know, just he was such a he was such a nice guy. I mean, you just you know, I know a lot of people you say that about get, get said that, you know, and, and it, but with John, it was you didn't I mean, he was such a giant, a, a diminutive figure, but such a giant figure, you know, and, and you, you go in thinking that this person is just going to, you know, fill the room and, and it was just going to be this huge presence. And while it was a huge presence, it was, uh, it's, it's kind of, he was so, so kind to everyone and so soft-spoken and, and just, it was such a calming presence in every room that he ever walked into and, and to, and to feel that. And, and I mean, to, I, I think, and I'll get your opinion. I, to me, that was what made John Lewis such a, a remarkable and respected figure is that he went through all that he did. And yet he approached every single person that, that came in contact with him with such respect and with such calmness and, and just this gentle spirit. Uh, I mean, it, am I, am I wrong in, in saying that or am I off no. in any way? No, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. 
and and that's the thing about my, my family. Um, give you a brief history on me. I, I'm still I still reside here in Troy. I grew up on on the same family land as as my uncle, and for many years, I just thought it was coincidental that hey, my my grandmother stayed up the street, my uncle stayed up the street. I had another uncle stayed across the street. You know, I just was surrounded by family. And for many, many years, I just like, hey, that's just coincidental. You know, little did I know that my grandfather purchased over 100 acres of land back in the 1940s. So as I started to mature in life and learn more about my family and, and my uncle, and of course, you know, having the experience of, um, you know, being raised around my grandmother, I started to understand where he got his strength from and him being such a humble guy, humble man. Like I started to understand and respect even more why he was like that. And he was, he was a very, very humble guy. Um, He didn't see himself as this icon. Mm -hmm. If he was here today, he would be like, Jared, you really like doing this for me? Like y'all really talking about me? Like in his eyes, he always said that, hey, I'm just doing what God called on me to do. And so with that being said, it was a learning experience for me. Um, I come from a, a, a great family. Uh, my, my dad, my uncle, there there were 10 of them. There were seven boys and, and three girls. So I, I had structure at a very, very young age. Um, I had love at a very, very young age. I, I was surrounded by great people. Um, so when I think about my uncle, I, that's why it reminds me like why he was so humble because I knew his upbringing. Like I knew, I knew my grandmother, like I knew what kind of person that she was. And I knew that's where he got it from. My, my grandfather passed away in 1977. So I, I didn't, um, unfortunately I wasn't able to meet him. I was born in 1980, but um, like I say, man, um, he meant a lot. He meant a lot mm-hmm. to me. Um, you have to excuse me sometimes if I get emotional about him, man, because sure. he, was, he was a great, great man, a, a man that I miss dearly, a man that impacted my life greatly. I mean, because of him, because of my family, I'm, I'm in this position today. So I always remind myself of that um, because yeah. you have to understand, like, I haven't always been in this position, right? Mm-hmm. That's always one of my messages whenever I'm speaking to kids, like never put limitations on success. Yeah. Right. You feel me? Like n- never put yeah. limitations on success because John Lewis didn't do that. He yeah. knew he wanted to make a difference. He didn't know how that was going to look. I mean, we're talking about a man who grew up in rural Alabama, right outside of Troy, right. you know? So who would have ever thought this, this man from rural Alabama um, where parents were sharecroppers? Yeah would turn yeah. out and make such a big impact in people's you, lives. You know, like Josh, I've had the privilege of interviewing your uncle, and he is a phenomenal person to talk to. It's just, he's one of those people where you, uh, you know, you realize after you, you've had a conversation with him that you have been engaging with somebody who epitomizes greatness and um he's he's just an un, he was an unusual person in my mind um and and i guess having lived and endured all that he endured 
and sacrificed all he sacrificed, he would have to be an amazing person. Uh, tell us about the Institute. What, what are the main objectives? First of all, where's the Institute located? And, and what are the main objectives of the, of the Institute? Well, as you know, uh, my uncle passed away July 17, 2020. And, and after his passing, like I stated, man, we, we wanted to do something. Uh, he left us this platform. So we was like, hey, let's, let's start an organization. Like, let's, let's do it the right way. You know, so we started the, the John R. Lewis Legacy Institute, which is based here in Troy. Um, we wanted to start at home. It's, it's a family-ran um, organization. Um, we do a lot of a lot of our efforts goes into Troy, um, and of course he had a huge impact in Atlanta, where he was, you know, congressman of the fifth um, district. Um, but our mission is very straightforward. Our, our mission is is simply to advance equity and preserve the legacy of the late congressman John Lewis through community engagement and service projects. And those last two really really hit home because he was community. He believed in the beloved community and he believed in service. He believed in service in his community. And at a young age, I always knew helping people felt good to me. It was that was always something that felt really, really good to me. I just didn't know how I could in, insert it into my adult life. And little did I know it would be, you know, on the backs of, of, of an icon. But more importantly for me personally, on my uncle, on that's of my uncle. Right, right. You know, so so you said that you're you're um, you're engaged in serve, or you suggested at least with what you said that you're engaged in various service projects. What are some examples of the service projects you're in, you're involved in? Well, we operate on the three pillars, okay, um, which is social justice, um, equity, and education. And of course, he passed away from pancreatic cancer. So health awareness is a huge pillar of ours. Um, we have a, a literacy program that we call Trench Coat and Backpack Literacy Program. And the reason we call it the Trench Coat and Backpack Literacy Program is because, hey, as we all know, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, you had on a trench coat yeah. and a backpack. Mm -hmm. And so in that, in that backpack, you know what I mean? You had some books, toothpaste. Um, toothbrush, apple, and orange. So he knew he was getting into trouble, right? He knew he was getting into good trouble. So he, he needed something to do. And reading was a huge passion of his. And reading to the youth was a huge passion of his. He wanted the youth to read, 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 because that's, what's got, that's what got him started. He right. wanted to learn how to read. And so we go around to different schools and we donate a, a lot of his books. And we, we donate funds to, to the library, you know, just, just to their entire literacy program to help benefit kids and, and not just educate them on John Lewis, but educate them on positivity. That's, that's what we do. We like to educate kids on just being a good person, right? Because that's, that's where it starts at. Um, and that's always been my definition of success is simply being a good person person. So do you have like a, um, a physical location that people can visit to see artifacts, uh, to learn history about your uncle and some of his causes and, and the movement he was involved in? No, we're actually in, in conversation about that. 
And that's our plan. That's in our two to four year plan okay. is having somewhere that people can come and visit and, and learn more about him. Um, we placed a marker at the home house um, year before last, back in 2022. And so a lot of people come by and, and visit the home house and, you know, and just want to see, want to touch grounds on where he stayed and where his family was raised. Um, my, my family's still on that, on that land to this day. My, my father and um, my uncle and a lot of my cousins still stay there. So it's, it's still there for people to come by. And we always take the time out to anyone who calls and want to come by. We always go out and educate them on what this man stood for. Yeah, I know you're you're going to be uh, part of the uh, the wreath laying ceremony. Um, is this is this the first time that you've been part of the, or did y'all take that up after uh, after he passed uh, away? This this is my this is my first time. Oh, really? Being part of it. Um, it's funny you ask that question because I remember like times where you know he would when I was younger, and he would call me or or call my dad, and he would be like, "Hey, I'm 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 coming through Montgomery." You know, we gonna, we're doing this this pilgrimage, and like he would tell me about that. You know, right. and I used to I used to wonder like, wow, okay, like my uncle is coming through because I'm I'm right here in Troy, so I just assumed like, hey, man, he's he's gonna be able to stop by, you know, for, yeah. for a little bit. But little did I know, you know, he had other um, priorities he had to take care of at the time. So I consider it an honor. I consider it an honor. Friday is a day um, that I I'm really really looking forward to. Um, I would be joined um, by my father and 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 one of my uncles. Um, they they'll both be there. So like I'm excited for them. Right. I'm really really excited for them because, I mean, he was my uncle, but he was their brother. Yeah, you sure. know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that, that's a brother, and hey, it's, it's only been you know right at four years. So they yeah. it's still heavy, still heavy on 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 their hearts. He's still heavy on our mind. But um, those tears have kind of started transitioning from from that sorrow and 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 mourning to joy and and celebrating and really understanding and you know and and publicizing and advertising everything that he stood for and believed in. Right. Yeah, I know that that's going to be at the Civil Rights uh, Memorial Center at the Southern Poverty Law Center. And um, are y'all going to also take part in the uh, in the bridge crossing ceremonies in in Selma? Yes. Yes. That's that's our plans to take part of that. Um, a lot of times that weekend, we, we end up being split in, in different ways, mm -hmm. um, but but our plans um, are to take part in that. Yeah, I was, I was also gonna ask too, I know that one of his big things was uh, was the congressional bus tour uh, that, that he used to lead. Uh, are, are they still doing that? Are they still are they still bringing the, the Congress people around? Yes, yes, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're still doing that. Um, I know a Congresswoman, Nakima Williams, who you know holds his position mm -hmm. um, when he was Congress, um, I know she'll be present as well as others. I'm not sure if all of them still come, but I know there's a still big amount of them who still participate in it. All right, all right. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dave. Okay, yeah, I was just going to ask one other question, Josh. Um, Jarek, your uncle, when I interviewed him uh, over ten years ago, or maybe right around ten years ago, I can't remember exactly. Um, he shared a story with me that was very powerful, and I've shared it with other people. He talked about how uh, there was an older white man 
and a younger white man who came to visit him in his office one day in uh, Washington, D.C., and that the older white man was explaining that he had been on the bridge that day when your uncle was cracked, you know, his skull was cracked and he was beaten there on Bloody Sunday, uh, and that he was obviously on the other side of the issue. He was one of the deputies or deputized people or whatever the case may be. And he said that that man, he he didn't name the man to my recollection, uh, but he said that that man apologized to him for what he had done and for his role in all of that. And your uncle, John Lewis, said that the man started crying right there in his office and that he started crying and that the nep- or the nephew or the son, whatever the guy was who was with him, I think he was a son or grandson, he started crying. They all just stood there crying and holding each other. Are you familiar with that story? Yes, I've, I've heard him tell that story before. And what always stood out to me from the story was, was the forgiving aspect of it on his part, right? Because he could have very easily said, you know, I, I, I don't forgive you. You know, because he went through a lot that day as, as well as others, right? Yeah. But he was a forgiving man. He was a, for, a, a forgiving man. And he understood, he never gave up on people. And that's the one thing that I, I learned from him is never write people off. Ne- never write people off. That's why I'm such a, that's why I believe in second chances. You know? Because it's not where you start to me. It's always where you finish the journey. And and the journey is always the, the beauty in the process. You know, just growing. Um, and, and like I stated earlier, if you were told me, hey, I, I would be in this position at 44 years old today, I was told you 20 years ago, no way. Yeah. Hey, because I've I been that 20, 21-year-old kid. And hey, my mind was not <laughs> where my uncle's mind was at. When right. he was 20 and 21, you know, but, but never put, you know, limitations on success and, and never put, you know, limitations on your heart because there's always time to be a good person. You want to start as early as you can, but man, anybody can make that transition. If you believe at the core that you can be a good person and that's what my uncle did. So on that day for that man and his son to come, because look how that benefited. Look at the domino effect of that situation. He was not only apologizing himself, but he was showing his son the yeah. right path. Yeah. So now because of his actions, hey, he can show his son in the future or his daughter the right path. So it's all about, you know, that domino effect and, you know, and, and just passing it down and, and just being a good person because that's, that's where it starts at to me. That's that's the sex that's being successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Jack, we, we appreciate you coming and, and spending some time and, and, you know, and what you're doing with, uh, uh, with, with your uncle's legacy and, and, and how you, you're, you're continuing that on. Uh, it's, it's something that we need a lot more of. Um, and, um, and I, I wish you well. And, uh, listen, if, if folks would like to, to donate, can, can people donate or, or yeah. how, how would they go about that? Yeah. Uh, if you want to donate, you can go to the John, rlewislegacyinstitute.org and just simply hit the donate button. Um, 
Hey, but more importantly, you can go on our site and also register to vote. You, oh, you, yeah. can, you can sign up for our newsletters on there. Um, you know, you can go to John Arlo's Institute on, on Instagram or Facebook and, and follow us. Um, the, the more eyes on us, the better. Um, like I say, we're, we're simply trying trying to make a difference. Um, like I say, we're, we're very, very youth driven. Um, like I say, we have a lot of things that we do with the youth, um, you know, from, from financial literacy to workforce development, just just things of that nature um, that we're trying to implement into our youth and get them started going in yeah. the right direction. Well, uh, we wish you well, and if we can yes. be of any assistance, let us know, um, and uh, and we'll we'll uh, y'all have uh, you know a, a good time at the at the all the events that are coming up, and uh, and and carry that legacy on, man. We really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you for coming on, and spending some time with us. Hey, Josh, I thank you, um, David. I thank you as well, yes. man. I appreciate you guys. You guys inspired me, man. Thank you, thank you for your time, man. All, all right, Jeff. Right. Thank you. That is a uh, Jarek Lewis of uh, the, the John Lewis uh, uh, Institute, and and you really y'all go on and and donate and uh, and help them out, or you know what? Uh, honestly, have, having met John Lewis a few times, I'm I'm going to say that that registering to vote would mean uh, more to him than the money. Uh, so uh, so yeah, get get uh, get on and, and register to vote and go out and exercise that right. All right, we're going to slide out. We'll come back in just a minute uh, and wrap this thing up. It is Alabama politics this week. We'll be back in a minute. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. Alrighty, welcome back, Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, well, thanks to uh, Jerick uh, Lewis for coming on, spending some time. Uh, thanks uh, to the folks from Wing Creek for their fine sponsorship still of this quality podcast. Um, we're gonna quickly um, speaking of, of the folks at Wing Creek. Um, you know, I've as everybody knows, long before Wing Creek sponsored our podcast. I have uh, I have written a ton of stuff about gambling. Uh, mm-hmm. Talked a lot about gambling uh, mm-hmm. in this state and around. And uh, my positions on this have not changed. Uh, they have they've always right. been the same. Which is right. we're really doing dumb shit here uh, in terms of the way we we handle gambling in the state by not re- receiving any revenue from it uh, and refusing to acknowledge the fact that it is all over the state and all around us and and that we have millions of people in this state participating every year and we receive nothing from it. Um, one of those I wrote about for this week was uh, sports wagering. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a lot of talk about sports wagering and the fact that you can do it on mobile devices, you know, your phones um, right. and, and tablets and stuff. And there's just, I, I, I don't understand why people have taken this approach that that is some, oh, oh my God, awful thing that, oh, it's going to just bring gambling into everybody's house and, and teenagers are going to be able to gamble. And, oh my God, what are we doing? And um, it's stupid because... Mm-hmm. We this is all around us currently, and, and yeah. the only ones who don't know it seem to be the people who are making the laws about gambling. And it just it's we have that there was a presentation given to lawmakers over the summer in which they were told that more than two billion dollars were were spent ga- was spent gambling by people in this state 
last year alone. Two billion dollars. Okay, and, there were more than other, two million t- attempts to do so on the legal websites at FanDuel well, and DraftKings. That's the one I wanted you to talk about some more because that was news to me. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that that there was a mechanism by which gamble attempts to gamble through these these internet sites could be blocked. Yes. Yeah. And so so you, you're saying that when people try to gamble from Alabama, they block them. And so that means that people end up going to really shady third party websites where there are no guarantees. There's no integrity at all. I didn't realize right. that. Yeah. Yeah. So so I, I'll give you an example. You know, okay. we we my some fam- we have family in Tennessee, have some family, you know, in, in some other states around. But t- Tennessee, we spend a lot of time in Tennessee. My in-laws are at Tennessee. And so we go up there quite a bit, spend weekends and, you know, an extended time. Uh, and I when I'm there, uh, I started back a few years ago using uh, DraftKings. Uh, to play daily fantasy sports. Now, of course, you can play daily, daily fantasy sports in the state of Alabama. We passed that a few, a couple of years back. And so you can do most of the player parlays uh, that people talk about. And player parlays are who will, ha- will he have more than 25 carries? Will he have, you know, who's going to score the first touchdown? Th- you know, things like that. Um, so you can do a lot of that stuff uh, currently on the daily fantasy sites. But um, at, when we started going up there, Tennessee passed mobile sports wagering. Uh, in that state. And so I could get on the DraftKings Sportsbook page at that point, and I could bet on games. Just, you know, the, uh, get a list of NBA games, for example, for, for tonight, and, uh, you know, get the lines, take the money lines, that there are various parlays that, that people put up, up the, on, the, on the site, or you can create your own parlays, and it's a very reputable site. And oftentimes, I will, I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll do that, and then I'll forget and if we go and as we cross back into Alabama or whatever, and I'll go to the site to, to play it. And when I go to submit the bet, it says, it'll say, oh, sorry, you're in a location that does not allow sports wagering. Um, and so it won't. It, so I'm I'm clearly one of the two million <laughs> that uh, that attempted to place a, a, a wager. Um, and, you know, and it just it. It, it, we would just cross the state line or, uh, you know, or, or whatever. And I, you know, just forgot about it, but it is a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very weird thing to think that you can do this just, you know, for us 30 minutes from here, you know, I drive 30 minutes across the state line and all of a sudden I can get on my phone and place this wager, uh, you know, or, or you can go to a local guy that I mean I, I know a dude in Athens that has that has these websites okay that has a website that you can that you know, it's a crude website it's very basic you know uh, there are certain restrictions on it that they don't have on FanDuel and DraftKings in terms of uh, bottom level limits of what you know the minimum amount you can bet um, and it's so it but. It, this idea, I think, that we're somehow saving people from this is is ludicrous. It's 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 well, what you're actually saving them from are a lot of the protections that come from legalizing and properly regulating the gambling that's already taking place in your state. And that that has always been my argument on this is you're you're cutting off your nose to spot your face. You're not saving anybody from gambling. What you're doing is saving yourself from getting the revenue that you could use to do the things to combat problem gambling. 
uh, or to properly regulate and save people from disputes. Because let me tell you, even on the reputable sites, there are all the time disputes because people make mistakes just the same as they do in every other business in the world. They make mistakes. They make mistakes on odds. Uh, you know, somebody, they'll, they'll go in and, and they'll, they'll, they'll juxtapose an odd. And uh, the, the team that's supposed to be favored by three uh, is actually getting three points. And, and, you know, and the gamblers out there are like, holy hell, you know, and they jump all over it. And then there's a correction later. And, the, you know, uh, they don't pay out what they're supposed to pay out. And so right now you have that correction and there's no, um, th- there's no means to dispute it. Uh, how do they get away with arbitrarily changing the, uh, what do you call that, the line? The lines, that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, how do they get away well, with doing that? Well, the lines fluctuate all the time anyway. Right, you know, based on the number of bets out there. So what? So what the you know the the sports book is is trying to do is land in the middle. You know, they're 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 trying to set a line that lands somewhere in the middle and get an equal number of bets on both sides, so they can take you know the the vig basically the you know the middle part there that uh, and and that that's how they earn their money. They want to be right directly in the middle of this, and so uh, so they're the lines are all the time fluctuating based on the num the number of bets and the and the amount of money that's been bet. Um, and so, you know, that's, that, that, ha- and sometimes that happens, you know, that the thing gets posted and it's, and it's just an erroneous line and there are means to dispute that with the reputable sites. There's not a means to dispute it with, <laughs> with, with the guy, you know, he's like, Hey, I made a mistake. You're not getting paid. Uh, so that's, you know, wow. that's just, how, you know what I mean? And so it's just something you gotta, you, you gotta take, you know, and, uh, and, so, but, but it goes deeper than that. That's just a, you know, that's just a superficial example. And uh, I, I just think that what we're doing with this is so dumb and so short-sighted that it, it, it just, it, we're ignoring the reality so we can take a stand on that's somehow or another based on morals, uh, right. which to me is erroneous in, in and of itself. The more moral standpoint would be, hey, let's protect the consumers who are out here already doing this. And let's face reality that even though we may not like it or we may not want to participate, we got a lot of people who do. And so, um, all right, let's. Um, so, well, before you go on, uh, before you. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. We, we yeah, got yeah, to move yeah. on. Okay. Yeah, we, we right. need to move on real quickly here. Uh, right. But let, let me let me just say, well, we're going to do a right wing note. A right wing note is Susan DeBose, uh, and it's for her many many things. But re- most most recently, uh, in in addition to the definition of what is a man and what is a woman nonsense that she continues yeah. to push, and the anti trans legislation that she continues to push, there's also the uh, anti sex education bill that she now currently has, which yeah, re- will restrict sex education to abstinence only and also criminalize the teaching of certain things, including how to properly use contraceptives. Uh, Put people in jail for that? That's crazy. I I mean, I don't know if it's putting them in jail, if there's a fine associated with it. It really doesn't spell out very clearly exactly what's going to take place. But it does allow parents to to raise the, the question with the AG. So, yeah. Yeah, either way, it's crazy. Oh, it's nuts, man. And and she's nuts. And that's why she's the right wing man of the week. So, all right. Let's uh, let's get ourselves out of here. Uh, All right. We've we've given these people enough. Um, it's let's let's go. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>